Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. My guest is Larry Yondo, who, in this reporter's opinion, is the finest actor working in Chicago today. Hello, Larry. Hello, and thank you. Well, I believe that's <laughs> true. <very> kind. <laughs> they, tell us about Christmas Carol now. Now, you've played Scrooge for a couple of years. Yes, yeah, my third, my third year. Okay. How how do you uh, prepare to play a role like Scrooge? I mean, a character who is, comes out and he's this evil guy, and then eventually he turns into this this reformed person. Well, um, it's, it's like you would prepare for anything. I always think the only, the thing that's interesting about characters or theatrical characters across the board is that I always find they're damaged in some way or have experienced pain and experienced joy. And if you sort of open up yourself to allowing the sort of pain to uh, or to be very present, it makes the joy all that much better. I always think, I think theater is about extremes. Otherwise, we just go listen to people talk in a coffee shop, you know. So mm-hmm. on stage, there's something unique and special, and and it's an event that is, uh, that belongs on the stage. And it's, and I think, I kind, I guess what I would say is I just allow myself to let as many demons as I can come out in the beginning. Yeah, you scare so the can, hell out of us at the beginning. So I can allow, <laughs> so the redemption part feels absolutely like exactly what it is, redemption. You know what I mean? But so. what you do that I haven't seen everyone, uh, a few have. But you give hints, even when you're this nasty uh-huh. villain, you give hints that he's redeemable, that he's really, he's hurting, but he's really not a bad guy. Right. Well, it's into Bill Brown, the director, absolutely uh, being the director that he is, realizes things have to track. There, someone isn't just a particular way for no reason. And uh, I, I think that doors have been shut this man has shut doors and they're hard to open in his life and in his heart. You don't just shut a door unless something has scared you, hurt you, or uh, or injured you in some way. And all these visits are chosen when he goes into the past and the present with specificity to show when certain doors were shut. So I think there has to be a, a, a sort of an accumulation of awareness of how why the door shut, how do you get it open again, and what did it feel like before it was shut? And that's but the you, hints, Yeah, I think. you give you those hints, yeah. because I've seen other productions, and not at, not at the good one, they've yeah, all yeah, yeah. pretty well fought, but a few others, where he, he's just not redeemable, and you just don't buy it at the end. You go, no, oh, my God. You, you just, don't. Yeah. Or a lot of times I've seen them where it's just done as a silly comic sort of guy. Or uh, the other extreme is that, oh, he's just funny and cranky. And I, I, I just don't feel like there's any theatrical story there because what makes the story work, the Dickens story, in my opinion, is that everyone sort of empathizes and sees and sees a little of themselves in Scrooge, not to an extreme, but mm-hmm. they take the journey with you. And that's the most important thing to me about a, a, watching a play. How has been the, the reaction of the audiences? Oh, they're fabulous. You know, I don't care how early the show is or, you know, how tired I am or uh, whatever it might be. When you see at the end uh, tears streaming down people's faces and people smiling and just loving 
the the change that has occurred in this man, you know, it makes it all worthwhile. They're, they've been fabulous. They're, and they, they're so committed to watching it, the kids and the adults. It's always a, a vast spectrum of people. That's what I love. You can see old, young, you know, in every audience. It's a How do you keep it fresh every night? This is three years. You're doing yeah. eight shows a week. Well, a lot oh, of doubles. Yeah. That, that, you know, that, how do you keep anything fresh any night? I suppose I just, uh, I just go one step at a time. I just have to remind myself I don't know anything when I start this play. Those doors I talked about, they have been shut. I don't know there's a possibility for them to open again. So I'm always surprised every night and taken off guard. I allow myself to be taken off guard when I see something that somehow sneaks its way in and touches my heart a little bit. Also, there's enough different cast members that I don't have to pretend I'm hearing a different voice. That that's sort of made it somewhat easier. I hear a different voice. It's a different young Scrooge this year, a different Bell. So that helps yeah, a lot. That just, does, just, you yeah. know that. But even if that weren't the case, it's just I think it's a matter of forgetting everything you know from the last the the night before and starting from scratch again. You know what I mean? Just it takes a lot of discipline. I guess it does. I guess it does to not anticipate or sort of jump the gun. Uh, You know, I can if I do it in certain moments, I I know enough that, oh, I'm ahead of myself here. And I just sort of wipe the chalkboard for a second, just concentrate on someone's eyes or someone's uh, a word someone says or a prop on the stage, something that's there, something that's present, something that's immediate and is uh, unique to that moment. That always helps. Wow. Yeah. Well, that makes any sense at all. Yes, it doesn't. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> it sounds a little. Well, I, you know, these are questions I, that I hear from um, from people uh, who know I'm a reviewer and have uh-huh. seen the shows. Is, uh, and a lot of our actors who listen to these podcasts love to hear this stuff. So, uh-huh. oh, good, yeah. good, 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 good. So let's talk some uh, about some of your 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 past. Mm-hmm. I go back to Nixon's Nixon that you uh-huh. did up at Writers. Four times yeah. or something. We kept, yeah. Well, the last two times. Yeah, the last two times. Uh huh. And one of the scary things, and by the way, you almost play him as almost unredeemable. Pretty yes. Close. Absolutely. There's this I mean, tragic figure, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting enough, Bill Brown, yeah. the director of this play, played Kissinger in that. Um, yeah. Uh, you could probably do that. Um, as totally unredeemable. But I remember seeing the last speech he has about the checker speech. He talks about his daughter. Yeah. There's, there were hints to me. I always, you know, I always look for the crack in the armor that, that interests me to, to, to see where even the most villainous villain or the, the most comic, um, uh, quirky bizarre character it doesn't matter i look for the opposite or i look for where does something take this particular character off guard where are the missteps and i i think in there his daughter julie i kept seeing little hints that every time he talked about julie that there's something a little more came up he spoke a little longer about her and i thought 
there is some pain, a great deal of pain that he can't quite deal with or smooth over whenever he talks about Julie. And I felt that was a way into the humanity of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you have to love every character you play or you will get a one note sort of yeah. caricature. Well, I you think. even with your body language, you even got to kind of look like him. Well, <laughs> that's what someone said. We decided we weren't going to do too much of that because it says just hinted at it. They didn't want anyone to watch an impression. But I think just saying the word... You, you, it was unavoidable in some way. Well, I mean, way. the body line, the, the yeah. gestures and things. I mean, you had him down. I'm but... a physical actor, though. I sort of think physically very often, yeah. too. So maybe, I don't know. Well, let's go back to, to I know your pride and joy is Shakespeare. It is now. Who I, who would have thought? I, I mean, especially knew. you started out as a dancer. I was a dancer my whole life. I decided to go to, the, to, to act, and I went to a state university in New York and upstate New York near where I lived, New Paltz. Had great teachers. Came here just to get my MFA. Thought I'd go right back to New York. Got very lucky. I went to the theater school. I got very lucky. Gotten really fabulous plays. I lucked out with really good directors. Had a great time. And who would have thought 15 years later I'm still here? You want a Jeff for Kiss of the Spider Woman? I did. That was at Pegasus Players. It was my uh, one of my first equity shows. Yeah, that Eric Simonson directed, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. I just did Fake with him at Steppenwolf, a play he wrote. And every seven or years or so, I cross paths. I I thank him for my career in this city because he didn't know who I was. Harry Lennox and he were going to do this project, Kiss of the Spider Woman. They wanted a Molina. That he auditioned me in a little room. I read six lines across a desk with Eric. I left that room. I thought, well, that was ridiculous. He couldn't tell. The, the artistic director came up to me. I was doing Anyone Can Whistle at the warm-up and said, you got it. <laughs> I said, I got it. I didn't do anything. And it was one of my favorite shows I ever did. And I feel like it's a great it really, role. It was yeah. a great role. But Shakespeare. Yeah. Now, you did say Shakespeare, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I Twelfth did. Night, your last Shakespeare, I thought was was awesome. It was. A, I had a great time with doing that. It was a, a Josie Rourke, who was the artistic director of the Bush Theater in London. It was her first time directing over here. And number one. I find her brilliant and and creative and incredibly fun, and I fell in love with her. And so that helps when you really respect someone yes, who was at the helm. Sure does, <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, she's coming back to do Taming of the Shoe. Actually, I'm doing that oh, with her starting in are March. You great. I, just, I said I'll do anything you want. And if there's not really a major role for me in that, but I said I don't care if you're going to be in town for two months. I want to be hanging out with you. So anyway, that's exciting. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I did, I was in college. I was like with Shakespeare undergrad in New Paltz. I was like a, like a lot of people. Say what you mean. Why do you talk so much? Shut up. Oh, I hate this. I don't. What is he saying? You know, I was one of those who just wanted to. Do I was Sam for many Shepherd, years. Yeah. David Mamet. Yeah. You know, now I'm on the other side. <laughs> now I'm the total other extreme where I'm one of those awful. No one that play's been written already by Shakespeare. No one can do anything new. You know, mm-hmm. it, he's the only one. I'm sort of compulsive about it. But he sort of changed my life because I feel like everything about him. Everything I've learned in working on him only helps me with contemporary plays, with this, with any play whatsoever, because... I've heard this before from classical actors. Yeah. If you get Shakespeare, the rest is kind of easy. I think it is, because you have to be... No one ever wants to see someone recite Shakespeare. There's there's a million things about doing Shakespeare, but one of the sort of, uh, not tricks, but the necessary sort of components is... It has to be minted 
right there in the moment. One has to think that Viola is coming up with the ring speech as she says it, not that Shakespeare wrote a good speech and she speaks it well, the actress. So that sort of in the moment discovering and choosing words that are absolutely right and 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 tell the story and and of the heart and of the play so perfectly and to sort of come up with them as an actor in the moment and make them your own is exactly what one tries to do with any play they do is anywhere. that what you call the eureka moment yeah yeah it's funny I when heard, i teach you, you I, said that I, and a couple people yeah. told me says you got to mention that and get them talking on it yeah that. it's okay. a you know i i actually i'm i'm sure i read it somewhere i don't know where it was it probably was i don't know i couldn't could be anybody but um because I, I constantly read books on shakespeare but uh there's this moment where there's a lot of technical elements to Shakespeare, which contemporary actors, we just don't want to deal with. We want to feel what we're feeling. We want to be connected. We want to be organic. All that jargon that goes along with mm-hmm. acting that we've learned and been taught, which is all essential to be honest and to uh, and to dig deep and to show, open up yourself so the viscera are exposed. And... Uh, but there's these technical elements like breathing, mm-hmm. 10 beats to a line, verse speaking, sentences that are 120 words long, all that stuff. And t- the thoughts are longer. People spoke in longer sentences back then. It's just how it was. We speak in sentences that are 10 words long now. I mean, if, it's we fi- a, if we if finish that, them. Yeah, like Mammoth does never finish them. So there's this bizarre mm-hmm. sort of struggle when you're doing Shakespeare and learning it, I think, and it never goes away, of these technical elements coming up to that heightened language and the incredible soaring imagery and being honest, organic, and true to yourself and using all everything you have as a person in 2009, the actor that you are here. And they sort of war against each other. But invariably, at some point, your breath, the words, the ideas of Shakespeare will somehow land and be in sync with everything you're feeling and you can bring to the the role and the play as an actor. And I call that a eureka moment where there's no other words you could possibly say. These are the only words that fit with how you're feeling and what you're doing and the action you're playing. They're the only thing that could happen right now. And it's and it's a eureka moment, and it, the words just come out, and all that warring and struggle goes away for a brief amount of time till you get to the next speech that you have to look up words you don't know, of course. <laughs> and then you ha- then it starts all over, but it's a fabulous when moment. That, when you feel that moment, the audience feels it too? Abs- absolutely, absolutely. And you can, you can, I suppose fake that moment or something but i'm i'm actually talking about a moment that you don't need an audience for it can be you speaking your stuff in a classroom by yourself going over thinking it's a moment when you and and these this incredible text that he has written sort of are one and uh you don't feel like you, you get to the top of the mountain that you think Shakespeare is that always feels like an uphill climb. Wow. And it's such a great feeling to be up there. And yes, I think an audience, the result is then you bring that to a performance and the audience will know. The audience knows if someone's simply singing lines yeah. and not connected at all. You, or And I guess it's a great when two actors 
are interchanging and they both create a, Absolutely. Uh, a eureka moment. Well, like anything, listening, I mean, you know, I always joke backstage. I say, remember people acting is reacting and everyone slaps me because I'm really joking. But um, the, in Shakespeare too, the listening is even more important because there is a thread that goes from the first word of a Shakespeare play to the last word that you can track in the language because his characters speak everything they think and feel. Everything is put into words. So my line will always be a direct result of what I said immediately before it or what the person I'm speaking to in the scene with me has said. The, and it will be obvious and clear. And to break that thread breaks the audience's connection and your own connection to the sort of story wow. and through line of the That's play. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. In the interest of time, because I know we, yeah, we have I to could shorten. go on forever. I know. Just but shut me up. No, no. Let's let's blah, blah. Uh, talk about your class because, folks, you just got any actor listening. To this uh, Larry is a text coach and uh, teaches a Shakespeare course. Right. Tell us a little bit yeah, about that course. They started uh, Bob Mason, who's the casting director, and Barbara Gaines and Chris Henderson, of course. You know, I know they feel that the, the Shakespeare, the, uh, you know, fabulous Shakespeare theater right here in Chicago. They want to um, give give something back. I think to the community, and if people like I said, are afraid of Shakespeare. So they started doing these classes on on text work and stuff over there. And uh, they're scholarship to some degree. It's uh, by invitation. You teach the advanced one, right? And, and I teach the basic you, one. Oh, they, call, they call them folio and folio too just because we, we use original text. We try to use the, 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 the text the closest to what he wrote. But... Um, yeah, I teach them both, actually, depending on how many are there for what. But I, I, I love teaching, and I love seeing those. I can see that. Moments. Just, just folks, just seeing the look on Larry's face <laughs> when he's explaining the Eureka moments. And I'm teaching I'm at Northwestern. I'm, I'm subbing for Cindy Gold, teaching her Shakespeare class um, oh, in January. I'm text coaching Comedy of Errors for David Bell over at Chicago Shakes in January and February. So. I'll have my nights free for a month before I start Taming of the Shrew, but I'll be teaching a lot after Great. the first of the year, and I'm so excited. Well, last that. question is, is how was it to, to play Scar in The Lion King for three years on the road? It was fabulous. The last year I was a little, I am too old, but, but it was great. It was one of those... Uh, it, I don't know why I play these damaged, villainous individuals. Yeah, you I like guess these that, damaged I guess characters. I, just, yeah. I guess I do. <laughs> uh, she, uh, Julie Tamworth said that to me. She said, remember, he's damaged. And I, uh, and I said, oh, I know. And uh, it was really great because I never felt I was in uh, very often it, you feel cookie cutter in a lot of tours and a lot, you know, sort of schlocky. This show always felt the vision that she had when she created. The quality was so control is, is always yeah. there, isn't it? It always felt like I was in something very special with some amazing, amazing South Africans were in it who I who are now my friends and also African-Americans. I was I think there's like five caucasians in the cast me being one of them and that was uh just the sort of energy and the vibe about the whole thing was amazing the third year i i started to say okay i would love to go stay in one place for more than six <laughs> weeks but 
I got to go to, we were in San Francisco for nine months. That was amazing. That's not so bad. We were here, which was yeah. great. It was a, it was, it was a wonderful experience. It, it, it really was. Great. So you, you, you recommend if somebody can get a tour to grab it. Yeah. And the other thing is we, actors were always struggling for money and especially now with the economy is i mean the uh, i'd be lying if i didn't say the money factor of a production contract really changed my life for a little bit because it's uh you know i love theater i do it because i love it we all do but we don't get paid enough (laughs) we it's that is so true it's it's always a struggle and so that was really nice to get paid but i think all the people that i see in this city who i think are so such incredible actors something that i think they deserve every time they do a play i I couldn't agree with you more (laughs) i'm i'm very pro actor on that and and it's great places like the goodman pay well yep. too. Yeah. you're just pro actor yeah. and i appreciate it i well, thank you for that i've had so many great nights and you you were been one of the most interesting that i've seen through the years thank you yeah. that's i thank that's, you so much and folks go see a play this week thank you